Another win in the books, baby. Welcome to Winging It. As always, I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by my two other A brothers, Ali and Alex. I'll flip things over to them shortly because these two little stud muffins were at the football game. And I would love to hear about how this home opener went from their perspective. Uh, But first, obviously, housekeeping, please. As always, uh, if you haven't yet, please give us a follow on all of the social mediums that you possibly can, or at least just pick one or two that you want to follow us on. Uh, We are on Instagram, so please, uh, you know, shoot us a follow there. We're on YouTube. You can look at our beautiful faces if you don't want to just listen to our voices. You can find our podcasts on Spotify, on Apple. Uh, then again, you know, Facebook and SoundCloud for the older people out there, if that's the easiest thing for you to do. Um, let's get into it guys. It was a, uh, it was an underwhelming first half, but then things kind of picked up in the second half and we finally saw some scoring. But before we get into the game, um, Alex, I'll start things off with you, man. Uh, first game of the season back at the link. How was the energy? And, uh, you know, was it, was it something where like, the energy kind of picked up more as the game went on. Was it kind of dead at the beginning? Would love to hear how it went. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And everyone, I'm not in my normal environment uh, down in Charleston, South Carolina. We uh, surprised a friend uh, yesterday. Uh, she's having a baby shower. They didn't know we were coming into town. So forgive the uh, environment if I look and sound a little bit different. We're uh, we're trying this out on the app. I would say that the energy and Ali, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Um Dude, the 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 player introduction, this light show, this sync with the app was out of this world. I've never seen anything like it. Oh yeah, I, so tell me about this, the sync with the app. What was that all yeah, about? Yeah, so so um there's a Philadelphia Eagles app and when you're in the stadium, you can do a, uh, you can do certain things with it, but I've always had it because that's where you get your tickets from. Everything's paperless now, so you have to access it through the Eagles app. That's where you get your tickets, transfer them and everything. So they did this event called light up the link. And basically you allow your phone to like sync with like everyone else's phone in the stadium and you press this record button. So everyone's phone in unison is like, is accessing the phone's flashlight and it's like blinking at the same exact time uh, with the music that's playing around and everything. Whoa. But they, they, they installed new bulbs this year because it was like, you know, regular white, and then it went to like pitch black, and then it went to like this hue of green. They had uh, the Drake and Eminem song. Um, oh, I forget. I forget what song it's called. Um, it's like, it may not mean nothing. Understand? <laughs> so they had that running out. Um, it was it was wild. And then I look up at Ali, and I'm like, they brought a freaking eagle into the link. <laughs> This eagles flying around during the national anthem. The place went nuts, and I would say that we kept that energy because halfway through the first quarter, we started booing. We came for a show. We were excited. They had an eagle flying around. Eagles by a thousand. Don't give us this performance offense. We want to see something really good. So I think the energy was there throughout the whole game. 
Ali, what was your thoughts on the on the kind of uh, you know seating situation, the energy, pregame show, all of that? Alex, I think you summarized uh, everything pretty spectacularly. Um, for all of our listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, this is another reason why you should come join us on YouTube because through the miracles of modern day video editing, uh, that you know some of the the recordings that I took of that light show will be on our YouTube page uh, on yes. this episode. So. Um, I completely agree with, with, uh, the sentiment that Alex shared after that light show, I had chills once the Eagle came out. First of all, the Eagle was released right above our heads. If you have not seen a bald Eagle up close, that is a massive animal. I didn't realize how large they were until one of them was literally 30 feet above my head flying down (laughs) onto the field. Um, after that, introduction after the national anthem everyone thought we were going to destroy the minnesota vikings yeah and then after the first drive when it stalled out in the red zone i believe it was in the red zone and we ended up kicking a field goal we started getting a little nervous and then when the defense came back and and got the ball back from us or or for us and our offense came out and stalled again you could start to see that the nervousness in the audience, in the crowd, was starting to transform into a realization that there is still an issue going on with our offense. We cannot find a rhythm. And I don't know if they mentioned it on the broadcast, but we started booing halfway through the first quarter. But thankfully, again, things picked up over the course of the remainder of the game. Amen. Um, you know, I... I kind of don't want to wait anymore. I'd like to get right into these. I'd like to start off with the two downs, uh, if 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 we can. So hit me with that sound drop, Ali. Hit the music. Alex and Andrews, two up, two down. Never gets old. Hey, I'm going to start off with the downs this week. I think we may have started off with the high points. Um I think that we have enough good things that we want to probably get to talking about. So let's let's start things off on a little bit of a more like, you know, solemn note here. Um, (laughs) My first down in a joking way, I'm going to go with Rashad Penny. Um, Rashad Penny, not only did he um, ruin my chance at betting five dollars to win five hundred dollars because he didn't even (laughs) sniff anywhere near the end zone. Uh, it didn't even look like he was going to see the field. It, you know, Boston Scott got hurt a little bit earlier in the game. And to be honest, Boston Scott looked really good as our backup running back when he came in to spell, uh, you know who, Mr. DeAndre Swift. Um, Rashad Penny not only looked slow as molasses out there, he also got called for for he, the A.J. Brown touchdown got called back because of, a, I, I, I'm assuming it was a holding call on Penny. I don't remember the exact call, but it was on Rashad Penny. And A.J. Brown is on two of my fantasy teams. So not only did Rashad Penny not do anything for himself, which would have won me some money. No, he then got in the way of a player that I also needed to do well. And the touchdown got called back. So that's my first down. My next down on a more serious note is the start of this game and the passing offense, at least for the first half. And Alex, feel free to also elaborate. I will allow you to also utilize this as a down. In the first, now maybe the second quarter, I started sending some text messages out. I I know I sent it to our group chat. I also sent it to uh, another group of friends. And they they didn't take very kindly to it. But I 
I texted and I said, Jalen looks like absolute garbage. I didn't use the word garbage. I used a different word. But I said, Jalen looks, he does not look good. And they were like, oh, you're such an Eagles fan. You're so reactionary. It's like, you know, it's the fifth. It's been five quarters and you're already, you know, complaining about how the team looks, even though we haven't lost a game. And I'm just like, I understand that. But what I see right now is Jalen Hurts from two years ago. I see somebody who is not making all the reads. He's making one read and then taking off. And when he's taking off, he's only getting a handful of yardage. So it's it's it doesn't even look like it's this pre-planned thing. It's just like, I'm going to drop back. I'm going to look for an open receiver. If they're not open, I'm going to take off. It, it did not work. And then even the throws that he did make were off target. He had the early interception. And even the long pass to Devontae Smith down the field, the first one, was behind him. I think Jalen may have gotten hit a little bit as he threw it. But if he would have led him, that was an easy six right there. So I was very worried in the first half of the game just with the play calling because it took us forever to establish the run game. And the pass game was just non-existent. We were unable to move the football. Thank God the Vikings were shooting themselves in the foot, turning the ball over, and we were able to just kind of keep it close. Um, But yeah, those are my two downs. And specifically, really just wanted to... The first half offense or the the first quarter play calling was just really, really frustrating. Um, So, yeah, Alex, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I'm I'm going to piggyback off of that second down with I'm worried about the synergy within our wide receiving core, also including Dallas Goddard. There's something to be said when it's painfully obvious that the that the quarterback is forcing balls to individuals. And we even saw Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown get into an altercation on the sideline. It could have been non-related to, to anything going on. Um, but I start to worry because I think the one thing that the Eagles brought us last year was an enormous amount of chemistry, right? Like Jalen Hurts is the godfather to A.J. Brown's daughter, right? Like you want to talk about close friendship and everything to see anything – um, that's being tarnished as a result of somebody not getting touches on their team, regardless if it's play calling or quarterback calling. That's very concerning because you see it all the time in the NFL. All-star receivers want to go to different teams. They want to go to a team that's going to be, um, you know, in the, in their eyes better. And I just don't want to see that happen with, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I agree with you, Andrew. I don't know if someone is in his ears if Brian Johnson's like, hey, we need to get the ball to Dallas Goddard and he's throwing for a, a three-yard gain. I mean, I, I I don't have my monitors up in front of me right now. I'm running this all on the phone. But I think Dallas Goddard had – how many how many attempts did he have? Like 13 yeah. attempts? And it was like he something had- like re- – it was like two yards a catch or something ridiculous on like the on the yards per attempt. Yeah, yeah, looking here, he had six receptions for twenty-two yards, which was uh, that's under four yards a reception. So you know, yeah, it's awful. wasn't anything it's downfield. Awful. It was just little dink and dunk type of passes to him. And he was targeted yes. about seven times during the game. Yep. Yeah, and 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 then also, you know, to to kind of you know drill that point a little bit further. Last week, the thing that worked for us on our opening scripted drive was the run game. And the fact that we went like past, it seems like eight or nine times in a row, and that may be a little bit of an exaggeration, was ridiculous to me. Um, so yeah, I was I was not happy with the with the performance, um, the, the the play calling, um, and and anything else. Um, 
so yeah, that's uh, those are those are my downs to to kind of take that off of you. Synergy within the wide receiving core, echoing also the play calling as well. Drew, um, I can't get behind your first down. Uh, I mean, our run game was fl- almost flawless. Uh, so to say that Rashad Penny. I'm sorry, uh, but you know I can't call that an Eagles. I call that an Andrew down, uh, definitely an Andrew down. I can't call it an Eagles down though. Uh, but regarding the synergy and the chemistry with our passing offense, Jalen Hurts ended the night 18 for 23, 193 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Interception aside, because I don't know what it looked like from the TV, but from the stands, I don't know what Jalen Hurts was looking at when he threw that interception. But It looked bad on the awful, TV. Awful, awful. That interception aside, you look at 18 for 23 for 193 yards. Two of those passes were long balls to Devontae Smith, one of them a 63-yarder, the other one a 54-yarder, I believe. So That's more net, than half net, yards right there in net, two plays. Net, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was 16 for 21 for 76 yards outside of those two long balls. Wow. That is not how you build chemistry with a quarterback. That is not how you put your quarterback in rhythm in a football game. I do have a lot of concerns about Brian Johnson's ability to call plays And the fact that it took him, what, almost two quarters to realize, like, hey, we've got a pretty solid running game, which, by the way, I mean, I'm sure that you guys will get into it with your ups. But if it took him that long, I have a lot of concerns about his ability to dissect a defense, find its weaknesses and be able to capitalize on it at the start of each game. If it takes you that long to realize, hey, this actually works for us. Well, you know what? It took us six quarters to realize that we have a superstar running back. and That's a problem, too. We should have her- known that way before this. We should never have started Kenny Gainwell to know what freaking athlete we have in our backfield. and We didn't even start him last week. Insane to me. Yet here we are, 2-0, and and we're still just like this these guys just can't get it right. They're, what are they thinking over there? So, like, you know, there is this adjustment period. And I think we're starting to understand what we have here. Um, Ali, just the, the last thing I wanted to say, kind of piggybacking off of your point about Hertz and, and just like really just the, other than those two big plays to Devante, there really wasn't a ton going on in the past game. We only had five people res- catch balls on the day. So you had Devante with four catches. You had AJ who had four for 29. That's an average of seven yards of reception. That's, that's very pedestrian for him. And then yeah, Dallas Goddard. Other than that, there were three, DeAndre Swift had three little catches for six yards and Rashad Penny had one catch. So, so really Devonte and AJ were the only two receivers who caught balls. Um, I, I, I at least got my wish of Dallas Goddard catching more balls than Quez Watkins because Quez had zero. Um, so anyway, it is interesting to look at the box score and just see five well, Quez, names. Quez was out by the end. Of, I think Quez was out the bottom by the end of the by the end of the first quarter. I think quarter. you're right. Yeah, because I did see an awful lot of Zacchaeus out there, so yeah. I figured maybe something was going on. Also, with Quez. why why do we have all these all these wide receiver threes and fours wearing thirteen? Like, stop wearing thirteen <laughs> in Philadelphia. Stop. <laughs> well, yeah. Aguilar was our like wide receiver <laughs> one for a hot second, so it's <laughs> funny. Just stop wearing Guys, the thirteen. Well, now all Guys. of our kick returners wear eighteen, also. 
A couple more things that I wanted to add. Uh, the first one you mentioned, AJ Brown. Uh, please help me feel better about this if you can. But I was starting to get some uh, some T.O. McNabb vibes when I saw those clips on the sideline between AJ and Jalen fighting. Now, granted, Jalen is AJ Brown's daughter's godfather, so like I I'm I'm I feel a little bit better. Uh, but it, it also reminded me of our playoff game against the Giants when. AJ Brown wasn't receiving a lot of balls and Nick Sirianni had to go to him on the sideline to like make him feel better because he wasn't an active part of the offense that game. And he like put his hand on his head and AJ Brown kind of ducked under because he was like really upset. What is up with AJ Brown? Like I get wide receivers are divas. They want it. That's it. That's it. It, It's like, I don't even think we need to like dive too deep into it because I think that's just it. It's like, especially when you're a star receiver you are just an absolute diva. Uh, I, I do want to ask you both, actually, and somebody brought this up on the radio, which I thought was a very interesting point. Do you think that it actually, because Jalen and AJ are friends, do you think that that actually like allows for a dynamic where they can actually just kind of like be more honest and like transparent or just upfront with each other, and that's actually like a better like like that's better for for what they're able to 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 do on the field. Whereas if they weren't close to one another, it would kind of just be this, like, you know, trying to just make the other person happy or just trying to like maintain this relationship, but they actually do have a relationship. So do you guys think that actually helps them get past something like this? Well, I I don't think the conversation was him yelling at Jalen. I think it was him yelling at Devonta. Right. And that's where my comment in the synergy comes Mm. together, like with the whole core if he's yelling at at Jalen, then and Nick Sirianni doesn't need to interject, and they're just friends doing friend things, and I think that I think that's valid. I just worry that I don't know. Maybe Devonta said something to AJ, right? There's like, aren't they both captains, right? Is yeah. Devonta and AJ? But that's really weird for like a, a player core or a player group to have two captains. It's also um, weird for and, teams to have two number one wide receivers. We're very lucky. <laughs> well, it is, and I think I think that. AJ even has said vocally, um, you know, we have two wide receiver ones, but he knows that he's the actual guy on the team. He knows. Right. Like, let's let's be realistic here. Um, and Devonta Smith is incredible. But like, you know, if I was a betting, I, I would take AJ Brown over to and, and, and I think AJ understands that. So I do think maybe he's starting to see something. Maybe Devonta's like, hey, who is wide receiver one now? And then they kind of, you know, they could they kind of break it up on the sidelines or. You know, we may all be overthinking this and it's a moment of passion and it's going to be something that gets everyone riled up. Um, I think about the Alec Bow moment where the crowd is just eating into him and he says, I effing hate this place. And then here he is on the world's biggest stage and says, I love Philadelphia. I effing love this place. So, you know, maybe it could just be that it's overreaction. The media loves stuff like this. We're technically sports media. It's a talking point. I get it's it. accountability um, too. We, like, like Bone was just yeah. like, you know, he's like, I said it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to try to hide it. I have to do a better job. And it's like, that's Nick all we did want. hide it. Did you see the press conference? He's like, he like oh, I don't know what you're talking lying. about. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, here's a video. Okay. Well, we're not going to talk about what we talked about on the sideline. Next question. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Guys, guys, the, the second thing that I wanted to highlight is uh, the injuries that we sustained in our secondary during the game. I I'm quickly yeah. recognizing how lucky we were last year to be, be not hit by the injury bug the way that we're getting injured this year. I mean, already we've lost James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship, 
Avante Maddox. Some of them will be back. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, in any case... Well, uh, that leads me perfectly to my first up, Ali. So thank you for handing that off. We have, what, 11 days now? We have... We have... You know, that's not an up from a viewership perspective. I obviously want an Eagles game to be sooner than 11 days, but uh, this at least gives Reed Blankenship, this gives uh, Bradbury, this gives players some time to heal up. Um, And I'm going to also just kind of add one more little tidbit onto there. The fact that, look, the Patriots and the Vikings were, were... Two games that, when we looked at the schedule, I know, Alex, you had the Patriots winning, which was kind of like tongue-in-cheek. You know, I think you still probably thought that the Eagles were going to win, but I appreciate that you were just yeah, like, you know it, what? It I'm a little worried. Yeah, yeah, So, But the reality is, is that we looked at these first two games of the season as games that the Eagles should win. And we know that the Eagles have a difficult schedule this year. So taking care of business against teams that you need to beat, I don't care if it's by two points or if it's by 30 points. We're, we're winning the games that we need to, and that's really important. And also with Aaron Rodgers going down, that also does make the prospects of that Jets game look much better for, for the Eagles. But, you know, these first four or five weeks of the season are all the games that we really need to win. So we have the Buccaneers coming up next. We have the Commanders. We have the Rams. Then yep. we have the Jets. After that, it starts to get a little difficult with the Dolphins. Cowboys. You got the Cowboys. You got the Chiefs. So this is good that we're we're winning the games that we need to. My second up, I don't want to take DeAndre Swift from you, man. Um, so I'm not going to. I'm going to highlight the D. I'm going to highlight the D line. I love this defensive line. I love this defensive line, and they are making me feel better about the lack of linebacker depth that we have because of our ability to at least show that we've been able to stop the run. And we're seeing Jordan Davis get sacks. We're seeing yes. uh, J- Jalen Carter bringing pressure. Hassan Reddick doesn't have any sacks yet, but him and and Joshua Perspiration, him yes. and Josh Sweat are bringing the pressure. Kirk Cousins has played the Eagles enough to where he knows he needs to get the ball out of his hand quickly. Otherwise, he's going to get smushed. So we were bringing constant pressure. We saw how much that was affecting Kirk at the beginning of the game. And so, um, I mean, he still got his, right? He still put up the numbers. They were playing from behind. We did a very good job of predicting – I mean, it was kind of obvious, but Justin yeah. Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson both crushed it as we expected. Um, but we, we, the defensive line looks mean. They look hungry. Let's keep them and they, healthy. And they look disciplined, Andrew. Those hits yes. were clean. Those were clean hits and no roughing the passer calls at all. And the Jordan Davis chest bump was like my favorite. It's like he just let up at the last second. I'm like, that's it. That's all you got to do. That's it, man. And and Kirk, he looked uncomfortable. He looked nervous the whole entire game. I'm telling you, you could you could you could see it. He's running around. He's pacing. He has his hands over his ears. I mean, he just looked absolutely shook. And to also just to kind of piggyback, because I do want to talk about our defense. Shout out to the no names that did what they needed to do. I oh, saw yeah. a, G- a Goodrich the third out there. I don't know who that <laughs> is, but good for you. Evans with a huge TJ Hawkinson breakup uh, down the field. Zach Cunningham looked incredible that game. I mean, maybe not incredible, but like held his own, did what he needed to do. And who I'm forced the fumble man, on Justin Jefferson? Was that uh, was that um, Edmonds at the at the goal line? It may have been that happened right in front of us too. And as soon as it happened, Ali and I both jumped up. We're like, that's a that's a touchback. That's a touch. Like it yeah. happened right in front of us. That ball was clear as day over the pylon. It happened right in front of us. 
Which, by um, the way, uh, people are saying it's the dumbest rule in sports. I disagree. Uh, don't fumble the ball on the goal line. Just just don't, right? Just it's don't. really dumb when it doesn't happen to your team. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. Um, and and let's let's get into it. Let's spend a couple minutes. Um, the, the 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 obvious up of the day of the week, DeAndre Swift, man, um, dude. There, there there's two things about DeAndre Swift. The the, the first thing is the patience. This and, and I never I never took him to to look like this. The patience this man has to get the ball and stop and just look and see what's happening in front of him, find his alley and just go was incredible i couldn't believe it he just like there was a few times he just stopped he's like okay where am i going with the ball and just go out there you only see that from elite running backs um and 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 you don't see a lot of the nfl because the game moves so quick right like alexander madison looked awful um uh that night because got the ball ran as quick as he could get it down same exact thing that kenneth gainwell did but but deandre swift stopped and looked the second part to that is he very well could have the best he, he very well may be like shady mccoy Brian Westbrook type um, after that game, if he, if he does it for this season, depending, he stays healthy. And that's the biggest criticism everyone's going to say. I've heard it all over the media, all over the internet. If DeAndre Swift can, can stay healthy, I think he's just going to be maybe one of the greatest Philadelphia Eagles running backs we've ever seen because that type of running style is 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 what puts you into into the um you know uh, uh, a presence of great company and I really 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 think that um <laughs> he has the it factor man I was so encouraged I'm also pissed off that it took that long to get him into a game I I can't believe that people had him dropping to the 32nd wide receiver in fantasy he may be the sleeper pick of the century <laughs> <laughs> all right so we we can tell Alex is officially a Swifty. Ali, uh, all day, man. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have Ali, long maintained. Do you want me to tell you the quote you said at the game, Ali? <laughs> what was the quote? So Ali says he never wears. He only wears jerseys with his name on the back because he'll never wear another man's name on his back. He never has, never will. He said, "Alex, if DeAndre Swift scores a touchdown right here, I'm going to put another name on my back." And sure enough, down the at next the one, play, DeAndre Swift scored a touchdown. I think it was a layup <laughs> because he knew he was going to score. But Ali. For the audience, are you going to be buying a DeAndre Swift jersey? Uh, for the audience, I will not be buying a DeAndre oh. Swift jersey. Because the first I number ha- zero in Eagles because, history. Because I have already bought one, and it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I love that. Uh, for oh, you know, for for all of our uh, our down comments that we were talking about, um, there was a. Uh, a statistic or this this sheet that uh, came up on one of the uh, the shows. I think it may have been like first take or something. Um, it said the Eagles' defense in 2022 averaged th- their pass defense averaged uh, around 20.2 points per game. In 2023, so far, we're at 24 points per game. Pass yards per game was 301.5. Now it's 378. Touchdowns is 1.3. This time is 3.5. Sacks per game were at 4.1. This year it's two. All of these would lead me to believe that, hey, our pass defense is not where it used to be. Let's pause for a second. Go back to the press conference that Jalen Hurts had right after the Vikings game when he was like, 
answering this question about why does this team look different versus last year, his answer to that was, we set the standard of what perfect and great looks like last year. You guys are comparing it to the standard. So think about all of these statistics that I just shared with you on our pass defense, when by the way, we were the number one pass defense in the league last year. Everything that we're comparing ourselves to now is in comparison to the number one pass defense last year. It is going to be very difficult to replicate that given all of the pieces that we lost last year and given all of the injuries that we've sustained in the last game and a half. So net-net, I feel pretty okay. Actually, yeah. I feel pretty positive about the state of our defense right now. Um, and the best thing that I'll, I'll say about our offense is the same thing I said last week, is that we have all the pieces there. Jalen is very capable of being able to deliver accurate balls, feel the pocket out, move out when he needs to. So this isn't a question of talent. This is a question of play calling. So yep. if we can get that right, I feel pretty confident over the next five, six weeks. Yeah, could not agree more. The talent hasn't changed dramatically enough, especially on the offensive side of the ball that you would expect a regression. The coordinators have changed a lot. And we know that head coach is self-aware enough to say, hey, I'm not doing the play calling and he's going to be relying on the OC to do it. And Brian Johnson is, is out to prove himself. I just want to make sure that... Um, Stop running the QB draws. <laughs> just just stop running the QB draws. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing. I did look at you at the game, Ali, and say, man, I miss Shane a lot right now. Drew, you're about to Here, say something. Here's where the talent has changed, though, uh, in comparison to last year. I would argue that the quarterbacks that we're going to be going against this year are in a different echelon than the quarterbacks we saw last year. Alex, I believe maybe halfway through the season – you and I did an episode where we literally just like we listed every single quarterback that the Eagles were going to be facing last yeah. year. And honestly, Kirk Cousins might have been the best quarterback on that list. This year, you're going against Patty Mahomes. You're going against Josh Allen. Who, no, I know Ali. Lost, they both lost. By yeah. the trash. Trash. But trash. you're going against Tua. We're lucky we're not yeah. going against Rodgers. Um, I, yeah. the division is still highly questionable with Dak and Daniel Jones and Sam Howell. So none of those guys get me very afraid, but I do still think that there are enough quarterbacks that we're seeing this year to where our past defense is probably in a little bit more trouble than they were last year. But that is a good point about Jalen just saying like, you know, you're just, you're just comparing everything to the san the standard that was set last year. And I think that there's just a lot of things that we need to just let materialize and settle in high expectations are always a very difficult thing to have to go up against because you know yeah it's it's like we're all expecting greatness you know that's why we're 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 finding ourselves still kind of flustered even after a win whereas in the past it's like yeah a win's a win and we're celebrating it's like no we're still feeling weird afterwards um yeah so I definitely don't want to finish the podcast without at least just just giving DeAndre Swift some props so just just to give a stat line real quick, in case we haven't mentioned yet, 28 carries for 175 yards, a touchdown. His previous rushing high came against your Philadelphia Eagles. Week one of last season where he rushed for 144, where we were very worried about our rush defense. So he just set a new career high. I don't see this slowing down at all. Uh, to me, it's like even if, if Gainwell's healthy, it's like I'm sorry, you can't. You can you can mix them in, but you need to be giving DeAndre Swift at a bare minimum 
like 15 to 18 touches the, a game. More I'm saying bare minimum. The, the more impressive thing about this stat, and I, like I said, I don't have my monitors, but I think it was 133 yards of that came before contact. So well, that's it. Our offensive line yeah. is is always provide is always going to give you space. And Alex, to your point from before, that patience, that vision, that ability just to see a small opening, make one quick cut, and next thing you know, you are six yards. You're six yards. You you ran for six seven yards. It it yeah. looked so effortless and so, effortless. so just so easy, so smooth. It was it was so wonderful. Swift. Just so swift. It's so, so swift. swift. So swift. Guys, uh, I'll say one last thing, um, and then I'll shoot it over to, to Andrew because we're uh, we're coming up on time here to, to send us home. But um, think about what 259 rushing yards means. You are moving grown men against their will out of the way and just running the ball down their throat. You are imposing your will on 11 grown professional athletes to get to that statistic. It's incredible. And I don't know how we can't do that or why we shouldn't do that every single game. And on top of that, you still have two number one wide receivers and a very good tight end that you need to try to to take into account. So it is a tall order for how does any team game plan against our offense? I don't know. Alex, any final words before we, uh, before we take this thing home? Yeah, I want everyone to relax in the media. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very it's very unlikely to see um, a whole entire fan base upset about a team that's two and zero, and we do have a few easy games upcoming. We very well could finish this whole uh, thing um, like six and zero before we really start getting into our really difficult part of the schedule. Um, I want to remind everyone that I know we compare ourselves a lot to last year. The Cardinals game was insanely close. The Houston Texans game was ridiculously close. The Colts game was really close. So 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 don't think that we were immune to bad games last year. It happened all the time. And Jalen had bad games too, and he was still the MVP runner-up. So everyone needs to relax. I see other independent podcasts like us worried. I'm like, guys, we're two and oh, right? How, think about the think about the Vikings right now. They have the best wide receiver in all of sports and Kirk Cousins putting up decent numbers and they threw like eight first half turnovers in two games. It's ridiculous. So Everyone needs to chill out, Andrew. Oh, and then to everyone, um, tune in Thursday. We're gonna have a special guest. We're still trying to work out the things on the on the back end, but it's gonna be a lot of fun heading into Tampa week. So make sure we have uh, a Buccaneers fan. We have a Bucks we, fan. We don't have a we don't have a Bucks fan, but we do have somebody that I think everyone's seen, and that person's going to the game in Tampa. So we're just trying to work out a few details. So it'll be it'll be really cool. Uh, but Andrew, send us home. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get these boys rested up. Let's get some of these guys healthy. We don't play again until Monday. We have that Thursday to the following Two Monday prime break. primetime games back-to-back. Back. Back-to-back. The Eagles are going to be – they are not going to be strangers to primetime this year. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll be set to take off the Vikings. It looks like that's a 7-15 game on Monday night, September 25th. So we will surely be back on Thursday winging it with all of you. Uh, so until then, let's enjoy this win. Let's enjoy the week. Let's keep enjoying all of the praise for DeAndre Swift. I can't wait to see it again. Ali, I hope your jersey comes in the mail soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Go Birds! Go Birds! Go birds.